Africana podcast and today I'm speaking with Skanda. Hello. Hi Beatrice, it's very nice to talk to you. Thank you, same over here. Could you please introduce yourself briefly to us? Yeah, my name is uh, Skanda. I'm, uh, I'm the, uh, the CEO of uh, the Trade Affairs Group. We organize exhibitions, conferences, uh, around the world, including Africa, we we do events in uh, different sectors and industries like uh, textile, fashion, but also security, construction, infrastructure, and so on. Um, we own a German-based company and have various uh, offices in Africa. One of the leading offices we have is based in Kenya, uh, in charge of the East African region, where we. Um, organize uh, Africa's biggest fashion event called Africa Sourcing and Fashion Week that has been organized in Addis Abeba through our now office in Kenya. Wow, very interesting. Do you know, I would really like to know when and how you got started in the fashion industry. Yeah, this was uh, in uh, 2012 when we started to launch a project in Ethiopia that was called Origin Africa. This was in collaboration with, uh, with USAID, uh, with the American um, supporting group. Um, and we organized a trade show and a fashion show, etc. cetera. Uh, this was in 2012. And since then, uh, we kept on going, doing those kind of events in the region. And uh, since uh, I think seven years now, no, six years now, we uh, have launched um, the Africa Sourcing and Fashion Week in Addis Abeba, and it has become now Africa's biggest uh, textile apparel and fashion event. Wow. Interesting. How big are the fashion, retail, and textile trade shows that are organized by Trade mm. and Fairs Consulting? Um, you know, they are a member of the Messe Frankfurt exhibitions. We, we have in total over 50 exhibitions worldwide for the textile and apparel uh, industry. Uh, the one in Africa, especially the one in Ethiopia, consists of about um, f- almost 400 exhibitors and uh, around 6,000 um, 6, uh, trade buyers fashion people, and so on. So when we talk about those people, we speak about companies like H&M, Yugo Boss, Mango, Zara, all these kind of brands. They come and visit and source from there. Wow. So there's a huge interest within the international fashion industry. But um, what is the representation of African business? Uh, you know, um, in Africa, we have countries which are very, very um, important uh, in producing mass uh, mass manufacturing, mass um, uh, yeah, mass production um, in terms of leisure goods, leisure clothes, um, high end fashion, etc. But then you have also designers uh, countries where you have a lot of very, very good designers. Um, I'll give you an example. Kenya is, is a good country for designers. Um, uh, um, what do you call the uh, Cote d'Ivoire is a nice country for designers. South Africans are very famous when it comes to designers. So what we do is we try to um, invite countries for the mass production so that uh, buyers like H&M and Zara and Mango can buy from them. At the same time, we support African designers um, to get them in touch with their potential partners of uh, Europe or US or Asia. Mm. But um, if I think of the situation with these huge industrial parks in Ethiopia, they are, Mm. of course, focusing on 
big companies like, as you mentioned, H&M or Chibo. So mm-hmm. there's always, um, yeah, a challenge for designers to actually level up and to fit in. How would you also describe this um, scenario because i think it's time that also um the government but also leading industrial companies think of local designers since they are the future of the country and they need to have also access mm-hmm. how do you think can this be yeah somehow addressed to the companies or is there already a concept for Yeah, um, you know, um, what we say here is for every part, there is a cover. And uh, um, we, um, when we talk about those big manufacturers who uh, focus on the big buyers, um, we try to um, bring those factories in touch with those big sourcing companies from the Western countries, also from Asia, As you know, uh, a lot of manufacturing is now moving from Asia to Africa. Uh, And Ethiopia, Kenya, Mauritius, and Madagascar are the focus countries when it comes to mass manufacturing. So what we do is we we try to bring those big, big buyers together uh, with those manufacturers. When it comes to designers, um, today they are, of course, uh, not uh, in the situation to manufacture that high amount of goods. So they normally are very creative, they design, and then they produce a smaller or middle-sized quantity. Uh, And they mostly focus boutiques. And this is where we are trying to get them in touch with those international boutiques. Um, There are two different uh, levels of bias when it comes to those niche markets and boutiques. Uh, one is also the African bias. Don't forget that uh, East Africans or West Africans also um, have clients from South Africa um, or from Nigeria, etc., who buy a lot of stuff from those designers. Uh, and the other group is uh, from Western countries, European, Asian, and American boutiques. They love to, to buy from African designers. They love to work with African designers. I create something new. Coca-Cola does love to work with African designers. Uh, the same with H&M. I mean, they source, they source from those big manufacturers, but when it comes to collaboration, they love to, to collaborate with African designers and do something very, create something very nice thing. Yeah, this is so good because this is the future, I believe, that mm. um, bigger companies collaborate with designers. So... They can also have access into the market and finally level up and increase their business. Um, or can you also tell us a little bit more about the, the textile production in Africa? What is the global export scene like? Oh, uh, you know, there's this, uh, what we call the AGOA, uh, disagreement between uh, African and American uh, buyers, African manufacturers and American buyers. So we are talking of billions of dollars going from Africa to the U.S., but also from Africa to, to Europe. This is when it, come, when it comes to those uh, big manufacturing and big export, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, potential also for the designer section. This is where we have a lot of gaps. We have to do more to promote designers today. When it comes to manufacturers, they're doing fine. As I mentioned before, like countries like Mauritius, Madagascar, they normally produce this high-end uh, fashion uh, or let's say suit and all these kind of garments. Uh, and then you have uh, countries like Kenya, Ethiopia, Uganda, they, they concentrate on sportswear, denim, etc. Um, so this is what's, uh, what is the situation of today. Uh, it's increasing. Because the costs, the manufacturing costs in Asia is growing a lot, it's increasing. Therefore, buyers and sourcing companies need to look for new destinations where they can source. And this is definitely East Africa today. 
Wow, this sounds good. Nigeria is also coming up now. Yes, of course. Nigeria is right there. I mean, we can see already uh, yeah. remarkable designers, um, Kenneth Eze, name them, who are already out there and shaping the landscape. But um, I'm also wondering, I mean, um, we have here in Germany now the Fair by Law. I don't know if you heard of it. You know, the this is a um, law what was um, created out of the fair fashion movement because um, they say that it's important that companies be more transparent. They need to let customers know where their supply is coming from and the whole chain um, should be more transparent and um, it should be more clear if this is really a sustainable company. And um, It has been out there since some time. It's just very fresh. And I was also thinking since now um, the interest in Made in Africa is increasing. And of course, there are certain ways of producing in African countries. Mm-hmm. The standards, how, how do you think um, can they be met? Because we have here in Europe now law and... Um, most of the designers actually operate as a sustainable brand because they have smaller production companies so they can track very well and can be more transparent. But um, yeah, sometimes I just wonder how is um, or, or what can be done Yeah, I think this is a very, um, it's a very important topic, but it's also very tricky um, because most of those sourcing companies, they do not, not like to open their files and show how the, how the situation is in terms of their um, buying uh, value chain and uh, where they, uh, the entire, um, so, um, what do you call it, um, source value chain, sourcing value chain. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, and therefore it, it has it will be a critical or a tricky situation for those sourcing companies. Um, but for when you see that uh, situation from the African point of view, most of those manufacturing they produce sustainable. Uh, they uh, take care of that the employees they uh, do not work overtime. They take care that their employees, they have lunch in the factories so that they have um, a limited, um, yeah, limited amount of uh, the salary, which is set by, by the government, and that they are checked up by, by their doctors and so on and so forth. That did not or does not exist in Asia so far. And that's where the difference is between Asia and Africa. Um, and don't forget, Africans have a different culture than uh, compared to Asians. Um, Africans love to, to live and they work in order to live. So they, they love to go home. Their central point is not the company. The central point is the family. Therefore, they will always make sure that they live in a sustainable way and they work in a sustainable way. They do not live for a company or for a factory and stay there overnight and work hard until they die. They, they work and they go home in the afternoon, take care of their family, have a good time with their family and the same for the weekend. So uh, when it comes to the living condition and work condition of employees in Africa, we definitely need to say sustainability uh, matter, um, but that is not everything. Sustainability also means a material, and that's where a lot of Africans need to, to take care to make sure that material is produced in a sustainable manner. In manner, uh, and most of the material is coming from China, sourced from China, um, and 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 that is that's part of. It. And the third thing is the uh, environment is part of the sustainability project, and that's where Africans make a difference to, to other destinations of the world. They make sure that they produce sustainable uh, so that the water running out of the factory 
like to, um, which is used for dyeing of uh, of uh, fabrics or denim. So this water will be um, yeah reused and reused again in the manufacturing uh, circle and being cleaned up, etc. It does not run into a into a river or something. Yeah, yeah, and that's where. Um, Africa also meets sustainability goals for this. Wow, this was an excellent insight. And this is what we really need to hear. And um, what I think is not yet so well communicated. Because first of all, um, companies still do not know you can produce high quality in African countries. But the fact um, that you said it's also about the culture and the mindset, and this is so good because, yeah, it's a different culture, mindset. So therefore, doing business is different and you align with your product differently. And um, what I see also the next generation, they also want to make sure that their local industry comes up because this is for them. They need to survive. They want to also make sure that um, workplace can be increased or established. So, um, yeah, these are good uh, good news. But on the one hand, uh, I mean, on the other hand, um, we also hear that um, companies think, okay, um, it's great now to produce in East Africa, so let's go for it, but let us um, maybe reduce the loan for the workers and um this has been out there especially in ethiopia i wonder how this was even possible first of all yeah and um what the government is also doing about it yeah um this is this is correct the, the government uh, as far as i'm, as I'm informed the ethiopian government is is, is uh, working very hard uh, on um, on this matter, um, as you know, the rate or the salary is um, is is set by the sourcing companies. Um, and I, if I remember, like six seven years ago, when they started to to really produce a high amount of uh, of garment and, and fashion for those international um, sourcing companies. Um, they made sure that the salary is fair, really fair. So in Ethiopia, they used to have two to three, from two hundred to three hundred uh, dollar minimum for um, as a minimum salary for a worker. And after a while, the pressure got so intense from the sourcing companies worldwide, so that those manufacturers started to reduce the salary. Uh, unfortunately, the government is not always informed about this kind of activity because this is a, a situation between private company and uh, man, private manufacturer and the private sourcing company. But uh, there were some reports from international media and uh, after they have reported about it, the government took this issue and started to investigate and check and talk to those factories. So I'm hopeful that um, the situation would be changed. And we, from our organizational situation, we are also trying our best to raise those topics in our conferences and our exhibitions. Yeah, fantastic, excellent. And are there um, particular trends from African fashion and textile businesses that have been emerging in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I think uh, trends is the digitalization. That is an important trend that we are seeing. Um, a lot of designers, uh, also manufacturers, see their potential in terms of exporting their goods or, or selling the goods through digitalization. This is a trend we are seeing and we are talking about that. Uh, but it's uh, another trend is uh, that they produce in a sustainable manner and also they use sustainable cloths, sustainable fa fabrics, etc. This is also um, a trend that is upcoming uh, for the European market. Um, but honestly speaking, the trend is always dictated by the buyer. 
And, and that's what the designers are doing, listening to the buyers and trying to create those kind of trends. And um, so what are then the dominant products or services that have been offered in these trade shows? Oh, yeah, we, uh, we, we have the entire value chain, starting from uh, fabrics um, until the finished goods. Uh, we have the manufacturers, we have the creative industry, like all those designers. We also um, promote the manufacturing through the machines, stitching machines, high-end, big machines, etc. So you will find an offer for everybody. You will find the machines for those designers. They can buy stitching machines and try to do something you see uh, machines for the big manufacturers. You see, um, we offer uh, fabrics uh, from coming from Asia. Most of them are coming from Asia. For the African buyers, we offer uh, trends and finished goods, finished products, apparel and fashion for the international buyers and sourcing companies. And we offer designs from African designers for the world. Um, and what we are seeing today is another trend is the, uh, the African continental activities. So Africans do not only depend on foreign buyers. They, they start to do business with other African buyers. That's what we are seeing here. And the same with manufacturing. They work together. This is what we talk about, why we talk about African continental free trade. Uh, that has uh, that is upcoming now, and that's why Europeans are more and more interested in investing in Africa in the textile industry because they do not want to sell to Europe only, but they know that they can sell it into the African market too. Wow, this is good to know. So, yeah, this is definitely something that it's super important to focus on the Africa. Um, trade and to to really um yeah engage and do business within africa and this is also what i can see with the designers also regarding the pandemic we're in um suddenly we have also more and more um collaborative collectives coming up and um you see designers are really exchanging and finding ways of also um supporting each other within education because in South Africa you have a different educational um, system compared to Uganda and um, this is definitely what what will increase and what will um, let um, the fashion economy grow and Mm -hmm. um, what uh, yeah these young designers also definitely need support in also when it comes to to education because this is also another Another topic, um, do you have insights of the um, education in Ethiopia about the fashion schools? Yeah, they don't have real, let's say, fashion schools. They have um, those fashion associations. They are trained by different uh, experts from outside. But there is not like a real fashion school like um, like you are used to see in, in Kenya or Uganda or South Africa, etc. But uh, I see something is coming up in the near future. Um, there are some foreign um, fashion schools who want to invest in a, in a kind of a school in Ethiopia as well. So that means um, fashion design or fashion journalism, fashion management at the moment cannot really be studied in Ethiopia. There are also more kind of um, hubs where you can get a training and a certificate from it. Or how how do they train the designers? They, they, they get training um, for fashion design, but they do not uh, get trained for uh, fashion uh, management. But they have a university in... Uh, was it in, uh, I forgot the name. I think mm-hmm. it was not Hawasa. It's not Hawasa. It's, um, it's a, a different in another city. They have a fashion uh, university 
uh, and they are trained in, in in real fashion, doing fashion, but not fashion management yet, as far as I'm as, as fine as I'm informed. And we are working together with this university and support young, new, fresh designers and ensure there are produced items and so on. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Because yeah, this is also the the like the know-how, how to really yes. um you know, get to the, to the source. And, and um, this is, yeah, what I think it's super important now to focus, to find ways, how to exchange, yeah. how to bring expertise together. And um, this is also what um, we do or what we have been doing, like connecting experts right. and um, giving access because out of that so much more can grow. And yeah. um is also what I have seen because I worked in um, Kigali and right. I was uh, doing a workshop in a laboratory. And for this young creatives, it was so impressive. They said, wow, because um, we don't really have yet a fashion school and um, we are interested. The talent is there. So I think, yeah, this is what we need to look in, into opportunities, into projects, how to engage and how to make yeah. it happen. You know, uh, what I think, I have realized um, in most of African countries that there are so many creative people and those ones uh, who need some support, they get uh, design school, they go to design schools and get uh, training from international designers uh, on design, etc. But one thing is lacking to most of those African designers. This is business and this is management. And, um, and this is why most of those African designers keep designing, but they do not grow so much as we would like them to grow. And the reason is because they are not being trained, they have not been trained um, on how you discuss with international buyers, how you discuss with international partners, how you get investment money, how do you run your company for the next 10 years, uh, and how you profitize your company, how you grow, etc. So they keep creating new items, which is beautiful, which is really nice, but they need support in terms of management. And uh, I always tell the designers I work with, I tell them, hey, why don't you hire a manager uh, who is only doing the business? So, and there, they lack of, they lack of money because those managers, they cost, they cost a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, and that's the, the situation we see here. I've seen so many designers for so many years, but they have not been growing as much as I wish them to grow because of that lack. Yeah, yeah, you're saying it. This is also what I can I can agree to. It's it's right because um they stay on a certain level, they have their production going on and they know they have their customers. But at one point when you need to scale up, you need also to change your whole foundation or base or you need to be ready to get now from step a to b yeah and um yeah that's also what we're facing that's why also this leading also to my next um question because um how would you then describe the retail landscape in africa how does this compare with other countries such as india or China. I think retail in Africa is, is, is getting more professional and it's getting better every year. Uh, and you see a lot of changes to, today. Uh, and people in Africa are really, uh, really happy and um, to, to buy uh, new designs from Africa. And uh, they appreciate the creativity uh, and, and, uh, and then the beauty of those African designs. When it comes to Europe, um, the retail is the retail is different. Europeans, they appreciate the beauty, okay, but they make sure it's 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 cost effective. They are not ready to to pay so much money for an African design. They will tell you, "Oh, this bag cost me uh, cost like three hundred euro because of uh, it's handmade by a famous African designer." 
And then they will tell you, hey, for 300 euro, I can buy a European brand, uh, a nice brand. And uh, why should I buy an African brand? That's what we, we realize here in Europe. Um, and therefore, most of African designers, they have always difficulties in selling their high-end products in, in the European markets because they are still a bit too expensive. Mm. Though they are made um, handmade and um, actually if you would also compare the product to a European product, it would be actually fair enough, right? Right. To be sold at a certain price. It's just because of the made in Africa stamp that it's not yet valued as an international brand. Or if you see, okay, this bag That's now is from Italy and um, it's, uh, you know, made in Italy and therefore you can expect a certain amount of price. That's, that's absolutely correct. So that means, that means on the other side that the image of African design is not where the image of European, American, Asian design is. Um, and that's what's, what the price is showing. African designer needs as much time as a European designer to produce a, the same bag. But European would pretend or they, they would prefer to buy the European bag for the same price than African bag. Also, both qualities would be the same. Mm. But the image is different. Yeah, yeah. And I think also um, the mindset of, of the customers, because if I look also into Uganda, I mean, um, we have, for example, Adidas, we have Mac, you know, name them. More mm -hmm. and more international brands are popping up. And oh. you see the elite who can afford the, the, their buying and um, they're absolutely showing off. And I also wonder that um, there's not this same... Uh, consumer um, behavior towards your local product. And, and there's also a thing, um, what needs to happen, a mind shift. I mean, I can see it with the younger generation because they're aware mm -hmm. where they're coming from and they're also now digging deeper into their um, roots and looking into African textiles and finding ways of also promoting African textiles and therefore willing to, yeah, consume a hundred percent made in Africa product. So um, it's, it's, it's still a journey, but right. at least um, there's an improvement. Yes. And we are trying to push this um through a project called style by africa as uh, as you know there has been uh, the berlin fashion week you know it better than everybody else uh, that one has been moved to frankfurt which is now called the frankfurt fashion week and we have created a brand called style by africa where we are really supporting african designers on a higher level to bring them to the European market, German and European market, and, and really change the image of African design. We want all Western countries to be ready to buy and to pay as much amount for African designers as they would be ready to pay for uh, a Western brand. So this mind, kind of mindset, we are trying to change that to the brand called Style of Africa. Wonderful. This sounds amazing. So just to understand the brand style by Africa, what mm -hmm. is it exactly going to be? What is going to happen during Frankfurt Fashion Week? Just to have a kind of idea. Yeah, we are, um, we, we are working with several partners in different countries like Nigeria, Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, um, Ivory Coast and uh, South Africa and so on. And um, we will uh, bring in um, some, some very, very good designers, uh, international-oriented designers, and we will pro promote them on the, stat uh, on, the, um, uh, on the platform here at the Frankfurt Fashion Week. Uh, we will highlight about this brand style 
by Africa. We want the mindset to be changed towards African designs and African designers. We want to show how African designs and how African fashion would look like um, in the Western countries. Uh, and therefore, we, uh, we will have an exhibition. We will also uh, do the knowledge transfer through a conference uh, where we promote African design uh, and present. And we are also planning to do a catwalk um, for, um, for African designers. So, and uh, we are sure if we do that several times and the mindset will change. And this is a brand where we are promoting African designers, not only in Germany, not only in Europe, but also in other destinations like Middle East, Asia, etc. Wonderful. We can't wait. We are right here, Skanda. Fashion Africa now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, we are right here in Germany and this is what we're up to. Yes, we want to see, we want to see brands increase and succeed. And it has been so long. Um, and uh, if I look into, I mean, what happened in the last five years is really uh, incredible. And the success certain brands made and um there's so much potential and um, what I find very interesting, the movement now really into African textiles, the sourcing, but it's still a challenge since you need to find, first of all, this artisanal and craftsmanship, you, you need to keep it up. What do you think? Is there also um, a way of shifting this into a manufacture? Because at the moment, you find, yeah, craftsmanship mm. in a smaller scale. And um, right. it's so important because this is the uniqueness of each of the pieces. And right. um, it's hard to get. You're absolutely right. Some of designers uh, who are quite successful today, they are already working with those big manufacturers. Uh, they do not concentrate on, on craftsmanship or on handmade only. They work, uh, they create something and they make sure it's designed or it's manufactured by those big manufacturers. Uh, they save time, they save costs, and they make sure that it's every, every good looks the same. Uh, and that's happening through uh, mass manufacturing. Um, we, we have started a few years ago with a project called um, Walk for Business. Uh, we, we did this promote designers um, in getting higher value of, um, yeah, of orders. And because we knew that designers cannot produce so many products, the same item, etc., we have brought them together with big, big manufacturers who are supporting those people. To, to manufacture a lot of amount and uh, get business. And another trend is that designers will more and more focus on African market. So um, as you know, the middle class in Africa is growing. Yeah. The high class in Africa is growing. And then if you have the continental free trade, that means that you do not pay taxes, customs, etc. in the future within Africa. Uh, it will become one, etc. When it in terms of trade. So for those African designers, it will make sense to sell their items within Africa for a good rate and save costs. Um, and that's a trend I'm seeing here as well. And that's why a lot of, uh, as I said, a lot of European investors investing in Africa to benefit from the African market. Mm -hmm. You're saying it. And um, therefore, yeah, it's important to, to have a foot in, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. So um, the market can also stay in the hands of the Africans since we always experience exploitation, Mm -hmm. And um, this is also something um, what really needs to be looked into because if foreign investors now are owning those businesses, how will it then also really um, benefit the industry? 
This depends on how much they invest in. Uh, most of those investments is, is support to the existing manufacturing. Also, they get a share of that. Um, and um, But when it comes to those designers, I think um, all investors will just uh, support them financially. But at the end of the day, those designers still own their, their designs, their shops, their factories, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it would be a win-win situation for those investors, but also for the designer. And uh, as you as you know, um, um, if you go here in Frankfurt, there's some some very nice roads where you buy Porsche stuff. And the same with Berlin or uh, Milan and pa- Paris and so on and so forth. And I believe that in a few time, quite soon, we will have the same situation in Johannesburg, Cape Town, or Nairobi, or Addis Ababa, where you find roads with very, very good brands, African brands. Um, of course, you always have European brands, but we will also see high-end African brands quite soon, yeah, which will be sold in Africa. Mm. Yeah, this is what I definitely believe, but I hope that there's also an interest because somehow it's one-sided that brands made in Africa can also be purchased in Europe, that they Mm. can also find a market in Europe. And I think this is also something um, that needs to be looked into, not only the one way that um, it should be, as it always, uh, I mean, fair, it's a word myself, I actually don't like to use, but yeah. you know what I mean. And so it's somehow equal and a business is really done on an equal level. Yeah. This is... Will, will be possible if they have a good partner here in Europe. But most of European partners, as you know, um, when it comes to those partnerships with African, the European partners benefit most. And Africans just get a few pieces of the cake. So they have to find a way how they get most of part of the cake. So they have to be risk, uh, um, risk-friendly yeah? and they have to invest um, to be big in Europe. Without investment, you don't gain anything. This is what I have learned all the time. Uh, if, if you do not invest, you don't get anything. So um, this is a homework for African designers. If they want to be big in Europe, they have to invest first um, to, 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 say my, to um, promote their brand, um, having shops, working with, with shops, boutiques, etc., and doing a good promotion within the European market. If they do that, if they are ready to invest, uh, I think that's, uh, that is something good and they will be very successful. But they, if they always um, uh, depend on supporters, uh, it's going to be very, very tough. Yeah. Sure. This is, the, this is exactly um, what is the situation because the interest is there. They want to invest. The talent is there, but the finance somehow it's lacking. And, mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, at one point, um, there should be somehow ways to get about it and um, to invest in your brand so you can get to the next level. If it's also just investing in a contact you have in a European country that can, you know, communicate your brand or give it more visibility. So, um, and this is also where we get in, you know, we give visibility, we introduce brands on our digital platform so they can be seen and accessible and um, this is already a first entrance step somehow. And right. it also gives them validation because, um, as you know, when you try to reach out to a buyer here in Germany and you're based somewhere in Kigali, Kampala or Lagos, mm-hmm. it will be tough to receive an answer and yeah. to do business. So, um Therefore, yeah, it needs um, support on that end and somehow validation that the brand is um, ready and um, reliable to buy in. And what I think also since in Germany, since we're based here, I think the interest showed up um, late compared to Paris or London. 
And therefore, we also need to understand who are the buyers. Do they have a connection to Africa? Do they relate to those products, you know? And this is also what we are facing. I mean, this year has really shown us what is possible, the Black Lives Matter movement, Mm -hmm. everything is just now on the plate and making it clear we need to rethink, we need to find ways of doing business differently and, you know, diversity, inclusion, representation, all matters. And therefore, yeah, I think this is also one challenge designers are facing because who are the buyers and how can they relate? And I yeah. think if if on that end, um, a shift, a change would take place, we would see more brands. Exactly. You know, um, um, I know boutiques, for instance, who are interested in African designers or African designs, but uh, they are not interested in in, uh, in 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 writing and corresponding with Africa every day, they say, "Yeah, come on, I I'm busy with my boutiques and with my boutique channel. Um, I want somebody who takes care of all those designers. Bring me the stuff here, and I will work together with this agent or whatever subcontracting company or so. And they buy from those. So that is what is lacking here, and that's." Um, what we need, uh, companies like Apia Production, I think you guys do this kind of uh, projects. Um, and yeah. if, we, if we find somebody like you guys, uh, Apia Production, who, who select those good designers, buy from them or source from them, um, and give it to those, uh, sell it to those um, European boutiques, I think the rate will be increasing. The rate of sale will be increasing so much because that is the only thing uh, European boutiques are not willing to do. They do not want this daily correspondence with, with Africa. So because they feel like, oh, it's tough and it's uh, whatever, it's risk. And, yeah. And until the product comes from Ethiopia or Kenya or South Africa, how long will it take? They have no clue on how you get your products from there to here, which I fully understand. So if you have somebody who is an expert with Africa and gets everything in here to Europe or to Germany and, and promotes from the, German, um, from the German whatever shop or warehouse they have, I think the rate would it would increase or on a daily level. Yeah, you are right. Therefore, yeah, we 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 created that business so we can yeah step in and and be the connecting point and um, yeah manage manage those right. communications because this is also what we realize that there's on one hand yeah there's not really the the time and the interest in making that effort. And on the other hand, um, there's still a lack also of understanding how the business is supposed to be done. And I have seen it. I mean, when I was doing also the trade shows back in the days, just to come up with a proper document that shows the price of your product was a challenge. We had to Mm -hmm. really get those designers through a process because right. they haven't yet been at that level, so right. they didn't know how to do it. And uh, this was for me, wow, really somehow very surprising. But on the other hand, I realized, yeah, from where should they know? And um, this is now what I think we should look into, Skanda, and make it somehow possible. Since we're based here in Germany, we have a network, and these are um, steps that needs to be done right. so we can really um, support those businesses and get them to the next level. Absolutely. I fully agree. Yeah. So we are almost coming to an end and uh, what we always do on Fashion Africa now podcast, we have two key questions. The first key question is what does fashion mean to you? Oh, fashion means creativity, 
It means love. You have to do to love these things to be creative, to work on this. Um, fashion means discipline, and and hardworking, and and fashion means color to me as well. All right, good. The second question: How do you define your role in this movement? With movement, I mean, you know, mm. this whole. African yeah. fashion movement. Uh, I see my role as an accelerator. You know, um, I'm not a creative guy, of course, um, but I'm I'm a very good connector and accelerator of those businesses. This is why we are doing those exhibitions to so accelerate the business. This is why we are trying to get um, those designers with buyers and so on and so forth. That's how I see my role an accelerator for those African business in Europe. Wow. Thank you. Great. It was a pleasure, absolutely, to speak to you. Just for you out there, we are here in Germany. I'm in Hamburg and Skander is in Frankfurt. And yeah, I enjoyed our conversation. I'm looking forward. Yeah, me too. I look forward to, to talking to you hopefully soon again. And uh, I love what you guys do. Uh, it's really great. It's really supportive. And I hope, um, yeah, you will do more of those kind of projects in the future. Yes, we hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you too, Beatrice. You're listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. We humbly ask you to respect our intellectual property. We want to leave you inspired informed, educated, connected. This is who we are. Fashion Africana podcast. Get in touch with us on fashionafricanow.com.